thank Olivia um, for coming down and being with us, and uh, also Christiana. Christiana's home front. You were in Malaysia. Now you're in Kansas City, uh, hanging there. And then she wanted to come to Tonkawa for her weekend because, yeah, where else would you want to be on the weekend than Tonkawa, Oklahoma, with you guys? So Acts three uh, nineteen. Therefore, repent. That he may send Jesus, who has been appointed for you, as the Messiah. Heaven must receive him until the time of restoration of all things, which uh, God has spoken by the mouth of his holy prophets since the world began. This is God's word. So we are in uh, week two of our series, The Message and Mission of the Church. And from Acts 17, last week, uh, we saw the message of the apostles uh, it's simple and it's straightforward. It's the day of the Lord. It's the hope of the Messiah. It's the cross and repentance for the forgiveness of sins before that day. And all of these things are confirmed by the resurrection of the dead. Okay, They see the empty tomb and they say everything the prophet said is true. Okay, We have a living uh, hope now, not just wondering about it. So Acts 17.30, just quickly, God now commands all people everywhere to repent because he has set a day the day of the Lord, when he's going to judge the world in righteousness by the man he has appointed. And he's provided proof of this to everyone by raising him from the dead. Okay, so if the guy says he's going to die and then he dies, that's not special. I could do that today. But if I say I'm going to die and then I die and I also said I'm going to raise from the dead, everything else I've said is true. You should listen to the things that I'm saying. This is what the apostles are saying. Hey, he said it. He did it. Listen to him. So um, last week, just to catch you up, we emphasized that first aspect of the apostles' message, which is the day of the Lord, over and over and over. And we looked at all the negative aspects of it. I'm so glad you came back this week. Okay, uh, the, the the prophets, Jesus, the apostles, all proclaim that the the day uh, when God is First Thessalonians revealed from heaven in blazing fire is the day of God's royal uh, wrath. Okay. Uh, at how humans have dishonored him, have devalued uh, image bearers, and have trashed what he has made. So he's mad about it. Second, it's a day of righteous judgment where he will, as the judge, charge us for what we have done. And it will be perfectly good and righteous. And then three, the day of the Lord is a day of punishment where he's going to meet out the payment for what we've done in our sin and in our pride. And unless humans heed what Paul says and what God commands and repent and turn from wickedness and put all of their hope for anything better than that in Jesus' work for the forgiveness of their sins. Unless that happens, the day of the Lord is a very bad day for them. Okay? Doesn't it, 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 it's, it's, it's terrible. Okay? That was last week. But there's two sides um, to the coin. On one side of the Lord's day lies wrath and judgment and punishment. But on the other side of the day of the Lord lies restoration and renewal and resurrection. Okay? And this is what I want to, to talk about. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. So just a couple examples of, of carrot and stick and, and one side and the other. Uh, John 5, uh, Jesus says, Amen, I solemnly tell you this. If anyone heeds my words and believes the one who sent me, he will share in the life of the age to come. And from condemnation, he will, he will be spared. So the message of, of coming judgment in the day of the Lord is great news for those who take heed of, of Jesus' word. But it's bad news for those who don't. Jesus keeps going. Verse 28. 
An hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and come out, those who have done good to the resurrection of life, but those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. Carrot stick, okay? Follow the, the carrot. Romans 2. Uh, we, this is Paul just... Oh, sorry. You're good. You're, you're good. You're good. You're good. Romans 2. We know that God's judgment on those who do such things... Okay, judgment's coming. But do you think that any one of you who do such things, from Romans... One, that you will escape God's judgment. Or do you despise the riches of God's kindness and restraint and patience? Do you right, despise those things? Because God is patient towards you, Peter will say later. Not wishing that anyone should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Do you despise these things, not recognizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? Which is exactly what Paul said in Acts 17. God has overlooked the times of your ignorance, but now... Commands all men everywhere to repent because he has set a day. Verse 5, because of your hardened and unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself when? In the day, right? Like Paul has got a future day where this happens when God's righteous judgment is revealed. He will repay each one according to his works, right? Eternal life. Big carrot, okay? Eternal life to those who put persistence in doing good, seek glory and honor and immortality, okay? Eternal life for them, but wrath and anger stick to those who are self-seeking and disobey the truth while obeying unrighteousness. Verse 9, there will be affliction and distress for every human being who does evil, stick, but glory, honor, and peace for everyone who does what is good, carrot, first to the Jew and also to the Greek, okay? So, for the wicked, the day of the Lord is terrible. And it brings eternal death in a lake of fire. But for the repentant righteous, the day of the Lord is wonderful. And it brings eternal life in the age to come. And so, depending on the environment that you are in, or or the prophet or the apostle, or, and like, I want to emphasize this more over the next couple weeks. We want to go through this so you have this, so you can communicate this, Okay? You have to have a message. Like we say, go share the gospel. Well, you got to know what it is. You got to know what, what you're sharing. So depending on what environment you're in, you're going to emphasize one aspect of the day of the Lord more. Okay? So if I, this is just a general, I don't actually know this person. It's just an uh, example. If I'm at, at the subway line and the person who's clinically depressed is making my sandwich, you've been there. They're not happy to be making sandwiches, right? I'm going to emphasize the hope of the age to come and the day of the Lord when, hey, things won't be this way forever. You're not going to serve sandwiches like this forever. Like, I'm going to give them a lot of hope. But if I'm in another environment with with someone who's actively rebelling against God, hurting other human beings, being wicked on purpose, I'm going to emphasize the sick and say, man, look, if you keep living this way, going this way in unrighteousness, the wrath and judgment and punishment of the day of the Lord comes for comes for you. So Acts 17, Paul's preaching that hard part. Repent because the day of the Lord is coming and it's bad for you. Acts 3, Peter preaches the good part and says, hey, repent because the time of the restoration of all things is coming, right? Paul preaches the uh, suffering. Peter preaches the glory. So last week, doom and gloom. Today, I just want to talk about happy stuff, okay? And I am all happy from uh, if gathering this weekend. I mean, me and a bunch of women just had a great time uh, all, all weekend, okay? So just good stuff today. For the disciple of Jesus, for the one who, who loves and longs for his appearing, the message of the day of the Lord is a message of hope, okay? It is to, I mean, you should sprint out of here 
um, today. And first, it's hope in the restoration of all things. This is the first thing we hope for. So back to Acts 3. Uh, Peter and John going up to the temple because they're good Jews and that's what you do. You go up to the temple to worship at the time of prayer. Lame guy there, they say, silver and gold have I none, such that I have, but we give to thee. And they go walking and leaping and praising God. Right? Okay, this is, this is what happens. So in context, everyone's amazement that this guy who hasn't walked is now up and walking. Peter says, Acts 3, repent therefore. Why? Why should Peter's Jewish hearers repent that he may send the Messiah who is ascended at this point, right? No longer. Okay, he's ascended. He may send him who is preached to you before whom heaven must receive until when? The times of the restoration of all things. So Peter's good news to his hearers is that all things will be restored. They will be made new. They will be um, fixed. So for Peter, for Jesus, for the prophets before them, the heavens, the earth, all things are very good. Okay, if you were in Stoney's class, like, I just, I didn't show it because I'm a man. Okay, but I just wanted to sob the whole time we're in Stoney's class this morning. And Stoney's talking about the Garden of Eden and the Garden City at, at the beginning and the end. God, so good. But I didn't. Okay. All things are very good, right? God likes what he has has made. He finishes and is like, this is nice, like, good work, me, right? Okay? So, now, all things are very good in the beginning. And to be sure, if you're a human, you, you know this. They All things have been marred by and are presently groaning under sin. But But all things are not some project that God plans on annihilating. Okay? There's something that God is planning on at the day of the Lord. Uh, restoring Amanda read Psalm 75 this, this morning at the time he has set, he will do this. So Peter says, Hebrews 9 repeats that there is a day coming when God will send the Messiah a second time, not to bear sin, but to fix everything, to bring salvation and restore everything that sin um, has, has broken. Okay, so I know that this might be like a a weird thought to you, but the hope of the Lord's day is not that God will re- destroy all things or that humanity will escape all things. The hope of the day of the Lord is that God will restore, renew, regenerate, reconcile any re you know thing in your Bible you want to put and resurrect all things. All things were made very good in the beginning, and so they will be remade very good in the end. Okay, does that make sense? Let's go to the prophets and see what they say. Isaiah 65, he says, Behold, I will create new heavens and a new earth, and the former things, okay, the, the old order of things, the things of this age, sin, sadness, sickness, corruption, most of all, death, the former things shall not be remembered or come into mind. That sounds pretty good. To me, maybe not to you. Sounds good to me. Okay, John uh, picks this up. Like, like John, Revelation is John stealing from... From Isaiah, uh, Paul hopes for this. Romans 8, he says, creation, right? All things, heavens and the earth. Creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it. So God, God cursed creation, right? This is what your Bible says. God cursed creation, why? In hope that creation itself will be annihilated or destroyed. No, in hopes that creation will be set free from what? It's bondage. To corruption and obtain what? The freedom of the glory of the children of God. And the freedom of the glory of the children of God, especially in Romans 8, is raised bodies. 
restored bodies raised from the dead. So there's a time after the day of the Lord when all things will be restored. So Peter preaches this, Acts 3, and then he gets bored later, so he puts it in a letter later, his second letter. Second Peter 1, okay, so Peter says, Second Peter 1, you can believe everything that we're saying, and, and, and you can believe everything the prophets said about the restoration of all things, because when we were on that mountain with Jesus, uh, he glowed. Right, we went up on the mountain, and Jesus like, oh, like showed us all this stuff, and and so you can believe those things, and you need to believe those things until the day dawns. Second Peter two, next chapter, he goes into the understood judgment and punishment aspects of the day of the Lord. That unrighteous men, women, even angels, they are presently being held for the day of judgment. Second Peter nine, and then Second Peter three, the the, the you know, famous one. He says, wicked men, women, angels in the present are scoffing at the notion of a day of judgment, right? The day of the Lord's not coming. You guys have been speaking about it uh, since the beginning. And they don't believe that the Lord is going to come and cleanse the earth of, of wickedness by fire, 2 Peter 3, 7. So they say, that day's not coming. And Peter says, 2 Peter three ten, the day of the Lord will come like a thief. And on that day, the heavens, okay? So the heavens in their present state... With wicked powers and principalities doing wicked things, the heavens will pass away with a loud noise. And then the elements. Now, elements here, guys, you can look this up later if you don't believe me. It's ways, principles. So we went through Hebrews uh, 6 at when we were at the Baptist church. I don't know. Whatever we were there. Right? The elementary principles of, of following Jesus, Right? It's the same word here, the elements, the ways of the world. Um, so what I'm saying is it's not like elements on the periodic table. He's talking about ways, the ways of this present age with sin and sadness and death. The elements, Peter says, the day of the Lord, they are burned and dissolved. And the earth and the works on it, right, the, the wicked ones here in this regard, the wicked works on it will be disclosed. They'll be laid bare for judgment. Peter's saying like nothing hidden is going to remain hidden. At the day, it's going to be ex exposed. So he says, verse 11, since all of these things, sin, wickedness, and all the rest, it's there to be dissolved in this way. It's clear what sort of people you should be in holy conduct and godliness. Uh, if, who was it? If gathering yesterday? Remember the, the younger guy, Luke, came out yesterday. This is what he read. He says, the day of the Lord is coming. So it's clear what kind of people you should be in holy conduct and godliness. So if wickedness is to be judged on the day... Don't be found among the wicked, okay? Be found in Christ and his righteousness as you wait for, verse 12, the day of God and eagerly await its coming. Because of that day, the heavens, with its wicked angels and powers, will be dissolved with fire. The elements, principles, ways will melt with heat. But based on his promise, we wait for what? New heaven, new earth, where what dwells? Where righteousness dwells, right? So the old order, wickedness is doing its thing. We wait for new heavens and new earth where that stuff's gone and righteousness dwells. Hallelujah. Like, I just, I like this, okay? So long, like this is what the apostles are telling people is that all things are going to be restored. And so this is what we tell people, right? Sad person in the subway line, okay? All things will be made new. Things won't be like this forever. You will serve real meat in the age to come. Not whatever is under the counter there. Okay? And, and so we tell, this is our message. We tell people this. You got to tell yourself this. Okay? Yeah, I don't know what you got going on tomorrow, but you got to wake up and something's going to hit you. And you have to say, okay, 
All things are going to be made new. Uh, again, if ladies, Christine Kay, like this, this is a vapor. It's short. It's little. Like this is where history is going. Not like this forever. At the day of the Lord, God will restore and make new all the things. Everything broken, He will fix. Okay. So that's the big picture glory restoration of the day of the Lord. God's committed to, I made this in the beginning. I liked it and I get it in the end. Okay. I win. Okay. That's big picture. But zoom in. All the things that the prophets and Jesus and the apostles, they also declared, not just that God's restoring the big picture things, but also little things. God declared that, and the prophets and apostles and Jesus declared that God will also restore Israel and Abraham's seed will bless all the nations. Okay? God made this promise. It's going to come true. Isaiah 11. On that day, the root of Jesse, right, from David's line, the one on whom God's spirit rests, the one who will... uh, Earlier in Isaiah 11, make it happen where the lion lays down with the lamb. On that day, the root of Jesse, he will stand as a banner for the peoples. And the nations will look to him for guidance in his resting place. Psalm 132, David's throne, his resting place will be glorious. So Isaiah is assuming God's promises to the patriarchs on that day have come true. And Israel, rescued from their sin, rescued from being scattered among the nations, are now under their Davidic king and they are blessing All the nations. Isaiah, what do you think about the future? He say this. Verse 11. On that day, the Lord will extend his hand a second time to recover the remnant of his people. He will lift up a banner for the nations and gather the dispersed of Israel. He will collect the scattered of Judah from the four corners of the earth. Isaiah 51. The Lord will comfort Zion. He will comfort her waste places and make her wilderness like. Do I have it up here? Like the garden of the Lord, like Eden. He's okay. That's Sony's class too. Okay, he will make her desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in her, and thanksgiving, um, and and the voice of song. So just a city full of gardening and singing. Where's Where's Holly Pierce? Oh, she's teaching class. It's like a Holly Pierce future gardening, singing on the city. Okay. Isaiah 51, 11, the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing everlasting joy on their heads. Sorrow and sighing shall flee away, right? So on that day, restoration and renewal for Israel, for Jerusalem. Isaiah, Amos 9, in that day, I will restore the fallen shelter of David. I will repair its gaps, restore its ruins, rebuild it. I will restore the fortunes of my people Israel. They will plant vineyards and drink wine and make gardens and eat their produce. I will plant them on the land and they will never again be a Uprooted from the land I've given them. So, what the prophets think? What does Jesus think? Where does Jesus think history is going? This a, a regathering, a restoring of Israel, ruling nations in righteousness. Matthew nineteen. Truly, I tell you, in the renewal, in the regeneration, in the restoration of all things, when the Son of Man sits on His glorious throne, you who have followed me, okay, eleven Jewish dudes, twelfth one comes later will also sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. That sounds pretty cool. Rejoice, you Gentiles. Right? This is good news for you, too. So, zoom out. All things are restored. Zoom in a little bit. Israel and the nations are restored. And zoom in even further. The bodies of the righteous are resurrected to glory. And so, if you are a person who dies, this is good. This is good news. Romans 8, 
The whole creation has been groaning, okay, under the weight of, of sin, what happened in Genesis 3. Not only creation, but we ourselves, who have the Spirit as the first fruits, so not the whole thing, we have a, 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 a part of the Spirit now have as the first fruits, we also groan within ourselves. We're eagerly awaiting our adoption, which is what? The redemption, yeah, of, of our bodies. So in Paul's mind, like death is not natural. It is, it is not normal. Death's not happening in the beginning before sin. Romans 5, death entered the world through sin and sin through one man. And therefore, as the God who made all things is the God who will restore all things, death won't exist in the end. Is that easiest part? Like no death in the beginning, so no death in the end. Everyone got that? You got to have that because you have to share the message. Like you have to be evangelists and tell people, "Hey, there's coming a day when we don't do funerals anymore." Right? With like like we're just like it's, you know, Gloria and Karen, sorry, no more funeral dinners. Right? You guys you have to find something else to do because we're not going to do it anymore. We're not going to go out to the cemetery and bury people anymore because God has raised the dead to never die again. Okay, so this is what Peter says, Acts 3. The t- Repent, therefore, that he may send the Messiah. Bring about the times of the restoration of all things. Paul writes this, 1 Corinthians 15. In a moment, the twinkling of an eye, the trumpet will sound. The dead will be raised incorruptible. Okay? So if you're over, like, 28, you know your body's corruptible. Right? You're, if you're over 70, you're like, it's really corruptible. You in your 80s, like, oh, it's so corruptible. It barely works. Right, like, and then it dies. But in a twinkling of an eye, it will be raised, not like it is now. Incorruptibly raised. The, the perishable will put on the imperishable, and the mortal will put on immortality. And Paul says, on that day, death is swallowed up in victory, and we're done with it. This is what the prophets said. Stony knows we're going here. Isaiah 24. So we read the last, we read, we read Isaiah 24 last week, right? In that day, the Lord will punish the powers in the heavens above, the kings on the earth below. They'll be herded together and punished after many days. The moon will be abashed. The sun is shamed for the Lord Almighty will reign on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem and before its elders. Matthew 19 with great glory. Okay, so there's the restoration of the heavens and the earth. There's the regathering and the glorification of Jerusalem. And then the next chapter, Isaiah 25. And so on this mountain, right? After I have restored things on this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wine. And he will swallow up on this mountain the burial shroud that's cast over all the peoples. He will swallow up death forever and the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces. It will be said on that day, that day, behold, this is our God. We've waited for him that he might save us. Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. You guys who exit through this door every Sunday, like that's why it's there. This Isaiah 25 is above the lobby wall. So you leave here going, okay, no matter what happens Monday through Saturday, like he will swallow up death forever. Not going to do the death thing for forever. This is why, this is why we long for the day of the Lord. Okay. It's, it's not a weird thing. It's, it's a Bible thing. It's not like for, not like for weird cults like IHOP, right? <laughs> Just kidding. It's for all Christians. I'm just kidding. A little. A little bit. It's for all Christians. This is totally normal to want Jesus to come. 
to, to long for him to come because we don't want to die anymore. Second Timothy 4, 8, like we love and long for his appearing because we long for the undoing of death. Okay? This is where it's going. This is how the story has to end. Okay? If the story ends with God destroying all things and, and taking human souls out of their bodies to live in an immaterial heaven, then Satan won. Okay? So I've done this illustration uh, a million times. We'll do it one more. Okay. A group of dads built an awesome playground for their kids. Which we're going to do eventually outside this door. Right? Okay. Uh, and, and they finished the playground. They said it's good. And the intent is for their kids to play there forever. Okay? They built it really, really, really well. But an adult bully shows up and he vandalizes the whole thing, it's a bad deal. So imagine if the, the, the dad's solution is to show up, see that everything has been destroyed and made wrong, and they drive up to the playground and they say, okay, kids, get in the car. We're going to go get ice cream. And that's not too bad. I'm just, that's pretty good, especially if you like ice cream. Like, that, that's okay. I would say that these are not honorable dads. I would say these are lame dads. Even dads who go get ice cream, like I would say, these are our lame dads. The biblical story, the honorable story, is that the dads built this awesome playground, and they called it very good. An adult bully came and wrecked it, and then the dad showed up, kicked that bully out of the playground eternally, and then restored that playground to glory. And their children played there forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Satan does not get the last word on all things. Satan doesn't get the last word on the heavens and the earth. Satan doesn't get the last word on Israel and the nations. And Satan doesn't get the last word on our bodies. Death does not win. Its head will be crushed. This is what Peter is preaching. This is what Paul is preaching. And this is what we have to preach. Okay? As you go out into the world, you're not, you, you have a fixed end game and hope and goal that you're encouraging people in and calling people to. And it might be the punishment and judgment of the day of the Lord, but depending on who you're talking to, how sad they are, you point them to the hope and the glory of the age to come. This is the message of the church. We preach the day of the Lord with all of its wrath all of its judgment, with all of its punishment. And we preach the day of the Lord with all of its restoration, its renewal, and its resurrection. Okay? That's what we preach. And so that's what I will do now. If you want to attain to this hope, if you want to experience the restoration of all things, the blessing of the nations, and the resurrection of the dead, Peter tells you how. Repent, therefore. That he may send the Messiah appointed for you, and the times of rest, the times of restoration of all things will come. So I invite the uh, musicians up this morning. If if you've heard about this because you live in Oklahoma, right? You've heard that judgment's coming at the end, or glory's coming at the end, and you just kind of went along with the thing, but you haven't believed it, you haven't put your trust in it, you haven't put your hope in it. Today is the day to do that. Today is the day to repent of your sins. Today is the day to put your hope in the cross for the forgiveness of your sins. And then to receive the gift of the Spirit and spend the rest of your days staying on the narrow path that Jesus calls us to until He comes. And we want to help you do that. That's why we're here. That's why we exist. Is to help people along that path. So if that's you today, you can talk to a member of our church and they can tell you what it means to repent of your sins, put your trust in Jesus, and follow him to the end.
you don't want to talk to a member of our church, you can talk to me, any of our elders. You can fill out the card on the, web, on the website. You can fill out the card in the lobby. But we want to talk to you about Jesus. We want to encourage you in the restoration of all things. We want to warn you of coming judgment. But do that today. Okay? Do that today. So let's stand. I'll pray for us. Thank you, Lord. So God, we ask now that you would come. God, you would send the Spirit, um, God, to convict hearts. God, you would send the Spirit to uh, show our hearts that these things are real. It's not a myth. It's not a Jewish myth. It's not a, a Jewish story that all things will be fixed. But it is the truth. Amen. God, and that just as you made all things in the beginning very good, so you will make all things in the end. You will fix what we have broken. You will restore what, what, what's been marred. God, I ask for our congregation specifically um, that this hope of the resurrection of the dead would be so real. Would be so real. So burn it on our hearts. God, mark us as a people of hope. Mark us as a people who are outrageously optimistic about the future, about what you have in store for all things. God, I ask you that you would, um, God, send the Spirit to confirm these things as true. God, that there would be signs and wonders and healing. Um, God, deposits of the coming age in this age. God, that you would fill us with joy as we wait for the age to come. God, that we would uh, walk the road that's hard and that's narrow and the Spirit would be with us and we can walk through all these things like like your uh, apostle uh, suffering, yet always rejoicing. Giving thanks at all times. God, because we have hope. In the name of Jesus.